0: you will turn to Malachi chapter 2. We'll be considering some truths for application for our life out of verse 15, Malachi 2, 15. As you get there, I want you to reflect on the fact that it's a universal truth that parents create rules to suck all the joy out of life for their children. Am I right, Riggs? Well, you know, God doesn't give us rules to stop us from fully enjoying life, and especially life in Him. No, He gives us His good rules because there was a certain intention that He created all things with. And as we reflected on this morning, going back to the order of creation, we see that He intended marriage to look a very specific way. Tonight we're going to consider some truths here out of Malachi And just for some background, Malachi is a prophet that prophesied after after the Israelites had come home from being in captivity, um, they they had started to rebuild the walls, rebuild Jerusalem and start to to habitate that area again. And Malachi finds his audience back home half-heartedly or maybe even hard-heartedly keeping God's commands. And Malachi prophesies in basically 500 years, there's going to be silence after his prophecy and he's telling them, there's something greater that's going to come. And here we get to Malachi chapter 2. And in verse, the verse 15 and the verses that surround 15, he's speaking specifically of marriage. Now, in verse 15, read with me. He says, Did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit. Let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. So this morning, we considered the difficulties of marriage and also the design of marriage. Tonight, from this passage, I just wanted you to consider two thoughts about the delight of marriage. First of all, this passage has much, much to say about the delight God gives in marriage and the family. And secondly, this passage has much to say of Christ and his delight in the church. So, what does it say to the delight God gives in marriage? You know, first of all, um, the question that's asked at the very beginning of verse 15 did he not make them one? God took one man and one woman from that man, and he brought them together, and they became one. And he was get, they were given simple instructions, be fruitful and multiply. The two would leave and they would cleave and they would be a family unit. God's design. And the two were delight to delight in the design that he gave them. And here in the verse, we see a very simple command. The husband was to be guard. He was to be guard and he was not to be faithless. You know, I've always maintained and thought that the best defense is a great offense so how practically can we as husbands guard ourselves in the spirit and not be faithless to the wife of our youth well Peter he gave us, gave us instructions to dwell with our wives in understanding knowledge to dwell with our wives in knowledge and understanding man I don't know if you've thought about how extravagant and complex your wives are. I know it's a crude analogy, and it it really falls short. But you know, if you go into a three-bedroom house that's a split-floor plan, you know what it looks like, right? Pretty much any builder could put that together. But if we were to describe our wives and and who they were, how complex they were, and we're going to use a floor plan, they would be an extravagant mansion like the Biltmore, and every door might open to another hallway, that we never knew existed, that opened up into more rooms. And we could never exhaust the rooms or the hallways or the treasures that are our spouses. Yet many of us men dwell in the basement. <laughs> and we never find the rooms that give us the vistas. Right? So we're to pursue our wives. We're to pursue them by understanding them and getting great knowledge of them. Now, many of you men, I hope not, but I've heard men say, my wife's just an old nag. You know, if you've got an old nag, it may be because you treat her that way. So wives, are you eager for your husband's pursuit? I love the, I love the thought and I believe I believe that it was Spurgeon, but I could be wrong. He shared, it may have been Moody, that our wives should be happy to see us come home and sad to see us go. So wives, do you encourage or discourage your husband's pursuit? You know, Peter also told us that our husbands could be one to the faith. By our godly example, wives, women. Well, surely, if they could be one to the faith, they could be one to pursue you by your godly conduct. You know, there's something greater at play in this passage than just wedded bliss and the blessings that come from being obedient to God in marriage. And if you look at verse 15, it says, And what was the one God seeking? Have you ever ever seen somebody that was obviously looking for something? You may not be able to help them at all, but what do you say? What are you looking for? Right? And then this anticipation, what will they say they're looking for? And it probably won't even amount to much, and I can't help them find it. What are you looking for? What is God seeking? What is God looking for? And it tells us right here, godly offspring. When I considered that, I thought about what God promised Abraham in Hosea 1.10. It says, Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And in the place where it was said to them, You are not my children, it shall be said to them, Children of the living God thought about how that promise was fulfilled and how we read in Acts chapter three and verse 25. You were the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall the fam- all the families of the earth be blessed. You see, Christ is that seed. God is seeking a holy people for himself and we see the delight that God has in marriage We see that as Christ pursues the church. And how did he do that? He lived a perfect life. And God the Father said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. He lived sacrificially. He served all. He washed the feet of the disciples. He died a death that he did not deserve. He rose again on the third day. He ascended for heaven. And now he's the supreme role model, husbands, of husbandly faithfulness. He loves us. He loves you. Can you say that? He loves me. Because I know that I was unworthy. And yet, he has made me worthy. I know that I was loathsome. Yet, scripture tells me he's made me beautiful. I was unlovable. And he loves me with a steadfast love. I was unrighteous. And yet, he's made me righteous. Oh, blessed thought. He's adorned me with the righteousness of Christ and purified me by refining fire so that I'll walk in purity. So, so I'm mindful of the warning we see to the church in Ephesus in Revelations 2.4. You've abandoned the love you had at first. We are the bride. He is the husband that pursues And I want you to consider for a moment how you felt the first hour that you believed. Do you remember it? Or maybe the day, maybe the season. I want you to think about how you saw things with a new set of eyes. I want you to consider how the burdens that you carried had rolled away. I want you to consider how the sin that had consumed you no longer had a grip, the chains were gone. Your feet felt like they could fly, and your mouth proclaimed, I found new love. A love that doesn't disappoint. Love from the Savior who bore my sin on Calvary. And I want you to ask have you needlessly burdened yourself with sinfulness since that day? Have you gone back to idols? Do you pet them? Do you store them away? And go to him when, when it's convenient. Have your affections of your husband grown stale? Will you not hear the wooings of the Savior now? Come to me. All you are he- who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. So church, if you're married, husbands, delight in your wife. Put on a good offense by, by defending, by being faithful to her, by guarding her. Wives, encourage that. And if you're single, you're not married, you're unmarried, you're yet to be married, or you will never be married. Know how sweet that relationship is and that it pictures what Christ has done for his church. And the instruction to you is to guard yourself in spirit. Let none of you be faithless. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It's good. It's instructive. Father, our words are so poor to bring you all the honor and glory that you deserve. Father, to understand all the good things that you would teach us. So we do pray that your spirit would do so. Father, that we would walk in holiness and purity before you this week. Amen.